we are going to bring this discussion to a close. If you are really sad about it, say, oh, 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 oh. Okay. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, Minister Lamte will give us a word. <laughs> yeah. I told you that everything in the word of God never finishes. We only pause. That's the reality. Do you know that? Yeah, we can take John 3.16 this evening. You'll be surprised. Can do it all night. John 3.16. You can't, you can't believe it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can take John 3.16. Right from the first word to the last word. See that you, you never really understood that verse. So we don't, we don't finish. So when you hear somebody saying that, I've read the Bible cover to cover. Tell the person, hmm. Then you ask the person, how much of it have you done? I keep telling you, it's not how much of the Bible you know. It's how much of it you practice. Amen. Amen. It's more important. You know, haven't you taken exams with people who said, oh, I've read everything. I've covered everything. See, covering everything is not the same as knowing everything. Yeah. Some people read all the topics. They would have read it back to back to back to back. But the amount of it that has sunk in is only known when the results come. Do you understand? Yes. So it's not how much, you know, reading you have done. It's how much you have taken in. That is why you see that those who have strategized do better. Yeah. So sometimes you see some people, they don't look serious. They do, it looks as if they don't learn. You know, they're very casual. You know, and then you find those who also don't sleep. Yeah, they, put their, they dip their feet in water through the night so that they can stay away. You know, they get into the exam room and they're sort of nodding off a bed and they're overheated and then they fail. So it's not how much, <laughs> you know, yeah, but it's how much of it you can reproduce. Yeah, so I taught my daughter, I said, if you want to know how much you have studied, close the book, take a piece of paper from your head, write things on the paper, you will see how many you have left out. Not how many you have put down, how many you have left out. Yes, that, that is how you, and that's the same way with the word of God. Do you understand? Put your Bible down and live. Then you know how much of the word of God. Yeah, so it's not. It's good to read your Bible, but it's better to practice what you have read. Amen. And that's why we've been studying on putting on the new man, isn't it? Yeah, putting it on, putting it on, putting it on, which means that if you are wearing it, wherever you go, it's on you, isn't it? And uh, we want to bring this area to an end because I think we have looked at enough things that if we can live them through 2018, we wouldn't have done badly at all, isn't it? If we can deal with anger and clamor and wrath and unforgiveness and, and walking, we would have been okay. I mean, that enough should see us through to heaven. Yeah. Then last, last, last Wednesday, we touched on a very interesting topic. Amen. And then I was trying, I thought, oh, let me gloss over it. And I thought, how can I gloss over it? We have to deal with it. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, so we're going to finish with it, tidy it up, and then we'll say amen. And um, we have a bit of notes to write, so we'll write as much as we can. And then when we go home, we'll go through it. You know, again, it's not how much you write, but it's what you do with what you have written. Oh, yeah, you know. Some of us, we have the worst handwriting on the planet. Yeah, it's like chicken scratching sand. And there are some people too, when they write, you know, I mean, even they take, they'll take their time and the A will have to go up, come down, and then they'll give, they went to SOS, yeah. Then they'll give it a tick. In fact, at a point, I was really worried for my children. Yes, <laughs> you know. At a point, I was really worried for my children. Because you know that when you are a child, you are taught how to write in your school. I mean, if you went to any uh, decent school. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not screw. It's not the one that they put a stencil and then you copy the A. He's like, no, no, no. We are talking. <laughs> you know, if you go to a decent school, they will teach you how to write. And if the school is really posh, then there will be some cursive going in there. You don't know. The more cursive it is, yeah, that's a sign. Yeah, so, I mean, if you look at my handwriting, it will almost be as if I didn't go to school. But actually... <laughs> But then you realize that, I remember that in England, we are taught a particular way of writing, which Kieran and Phoebe had sort of mastered it by the time we were leaving England. Then when we arrived in France, France, they write nice, I mean, they make, they pride them. You see how they like designer clothes? They're writing to his designer. So now the children had to learn a new way of writing, including the semicolon at the bottom and then the, uh, and then they just about mastered it. Then by the time we got to South Africa, oh, they said nonsense. And I said, oh, this one is nonsense, nonsense. Then they also came to teach them another way. So by the time we got back to England, in fact, <laughs> I mean, when she feels that she has given off her best, her teacher looks at it like, what is this? But you see, the nice writing doesn't increase the marks you get. <laughs> I mean, if you've answered a question, you know, and you've written, no, you didn't even cancel anything nicely, you know, but they've asked you to describe a frog and you're describing an elephant. I mean, you <laughs> If you have a decent teacher who, is, uh, who has a heart a bit, they might say, oh, very nice presentation. <laughs> yes, but, you know, you still get zero. So all I'm saying is that it is very good when you come to church to write notes. But it doesn't matter whether you're scribbling, so long as the content is good, and also you're going to use it for something very, very useful. Do you understand? I don't know how many of us actually look at our notes when we get out of this place. But I pray that we do. So that, because when you even read your notes again, you don't even, it's like, ah, what word, what was, what was I trying to write? Ephesians chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God. Imitators of God. As dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Amen. So that was the King James Bible. As we know, King James passed away many, many centuries ago. So, bringing it into the 21st century. You know, yesterday, I don't know how this conversation came about. You know, Phoebe used a certain word, and I said, but this one word doesn't make sense. And she said, it's internet language. And then she asked me that when I was young, did we have terms that we used to use, you know, that if we had texting and things at the time, maybe when we read it now, it won't make sense. And I said, uh, probably. I mean, off the top of my head. You see, I went to one of those schools that you have to use the words properly, you know? Yeah, like good morning. You can't say hi. Yeah. No, you can't. And you definitely can't write that, you know? So I didn't have a whole lot. So she thought she would school me a bit on current internet knowledge. So she, she told me, she gave me the first one. She said, you can wig it. Wig, 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 isn't it? Or the, which means that something has gone. What, what do you say? Wig. Yes. 
to what? You seen the sentence? Oh, you are wicked. <laughs> That's the past tense, isn't it? <laughs> Then she gave me another one. She said, yeah, yeah, that's a drag. And you see, people are nodding. You see, some people are like, huh? And then some people are like, yeah, yeah. You see, I know my team now, and I know the people who are not on my team. <laughs> yeah, definitely there's some. Hey, Georgina, you are not on my team. How old are you? Do you know drag? She has no clue. You two don't know drag. Hey. Ah. Hey, Dorothy, you don't know. Evans, you do. Hey, then I'm, I'm okay. No, Dorothy doesn't know. <laughs> I, I should be serious. I should be serious. I should be serious. I should be serious. I have to be serious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's already disqualified. He's looking for his team. He's already disqualified. He's looking for his team members. <laughs> he knows the people who are in his class. Yeah. So it means that if somebody forms a sentence now, with wig and drag and um ooh, what was the other one? What was the other one, Phoebe? Wig, drag, edging, edging. Eh? Edges. 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 Yeah. If you don't know after church, see me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, you see, that's the reason why as a pastor I like to read the message Bible. Because, you see, sometimes when we read the King James, you are thinking of the 19th century. So when I read the Message Bible, then you realize that it's like edges. <laughs> Bila is touching her <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can use wig other than a wig. But it's a wig. It's a wig. Yeah, that's a wig. Okay. That's how you use it. So Ephesians chapter 5 says that in message, it says that watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Yeah, You see, we all understand it now. You see, be imitators of Christ. You know, very... Ah, learn proper behavior. <laughs> yeah. Proper behavior. That's what we get, isn't it? Because we, we know exactly what bad behavior is. Yeah. Mostly, what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant love. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Don't allow love to turn into lust. Setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity. Mm. <laughs> Spell promiscuity. Filthy practices or bullying greed. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip. You see, when we're reading the King James, it went over your head. Now, when I say that the taste of gossip, you get it, isn't it? Yeah. Those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. Yeah. See, immediately when you are reading this, tomorrow you go to office or school and you're about to swear, then you remember, Pastor Glow was just saying that don't talk dirty <laughs> or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. It's very powerful. Yeah, it's very powerful. So what are we saying? We are saying that we are trying to imitate our parents. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is that we shouldn't allow love to turn into other things. And that's the one I want to end on because last week when we started talking about uh, adultery and fornication and we just mentioned, we said the first one was the fact that it is disobedience to God. You remember we read Ezekiel 16? Do you remember? It was too graphic. I'm not even going to read it again today. If you didn't, were not here, read it. Ezekiel uh, chapter 16. Go and read it. It's very, very interesting. And then the second thing we read was the fact that it destroys the soul. Isn't it? It destroys the soul. 
it destroys the soul. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32. It says that fornication, you know, is out of a lack of understanding. And it's a soul destroyer. You understand? And then we also mentioned the fact that it brings about hurts and wounds. And I always give people this tester. I say that if you are in a relationship that is not a sexual one, when the relationship breaks up, your pain is different from somebody who has been in a sexual relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So sometimes we don't understand. You see, sometimes we don't even understand why old wise African sayings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we don't understand. Till you experience something, then you understand why. Do, do you get it? Yeah, so sometimes the Bible gives us certain instructions and we don't understand, but you realize that if you disobey, you see why it said, yeah, you know, my child asked me that, why is it that we don't, um, um, we are not allowed to greet, uh, shake hands with the left hand or offer people food with the left hand, you know? It's an old, wise African saying, you, you know? Yeah, so when I grew up, I asked my mom and she gave me explanation. It was a hygienic one. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you a few more today number four it destroys your physical body it destroys your physical body I have two scriptures that I want us to read first Thessalonians will I get a microphone so that you help me do you have amplified bible I will have my message you, you don't have amplified use, use the amplified on my phone how come you don't have Amplified Bible? Ah, you need to have Amplified Bible. You have to have Amplified Bible. It's good. I don't know what we did before phones on air. Bibles on phones and everywhere. It's very good. Yeah. You can find it, isn't it? First Thessalonians chapter 4. I want us to read a couple of verses there. It destroys your body. I don't know how many of you even know any prostitute. Do you know any prostitute? Yeah. Even if you go to uh, Holbeck and then you see, sometimes there are different people are walking, but somehow you're able to pick out that this one is a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, as we are having this conversation, I just remember when we were in high school, must have been maybe just around GCSE time, and um, my sister was in a different boarding school, not the same as mine and not as good as mine. It's one of those ones that like people like Tina went to. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you can ha have the microphone, you can have any argument you want to have. <laughs> And um, they had a lady there in their school, very beautiful lady. But there, was, there were always rumors about her when it came to promiscuity. Yeah, I mean, she, she was extremely extensive in her generosity in life. I mean, extremely, extremely generous, you know. And then... Um, one day we were uh, at a friend's, I think, sleepover, birthday, whatever. And then this young woman, everybody was there. I think people were changing to their night clothes to come and sit down and watch. Hey, yes, she was changing. Because at that time we are all 16, isn't it? When you are 16, are there any children? Yeah. They can't understand. When you are 16, everything stands straight. And it's firm. It's supposed to. You are 16. But when, when she took her glass, everything was lying all over the place. <laughs> her whole body, Evans, her whole body was tired. <laughs> it was quite scary. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that it destroys your body. I'm preaching. I'm doing good, Georgina. Thank you. Don't make this message difficult for me. Let me be able to preach it. <coughs> it's for Wednesday. It's for Wednesday. It's for Wednesday. Yeah. You know? And then you come to realize that the Bible teaches it. Who's that? Who's that? 
and kill it. How do you kill it? Knife. <laughs> she, she thought maybe it was the emergency service. Yeah. If anybody on it, you kill. <laughs> One final word, friends, we ask you. Oh, have you found your amplified? On the phone. Ah, yeah, if, and so read it. First Thessalonians 4, read from verse 1 to 8. Read it out. First Thessalonians 4. Furthermore, brethren, we beg and admonish you in virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions which you learned from us about how you ought to walk so as to please and gratify God as indeed you are doing and that you do so even more and more abundantly attaining yet greater perfection in living this life for you know what charges and precepts we gave you on the authority and by the inspiration of the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God are you listening this is the will of God yeah that you should be consecrated separated and set apart for pure and holy living that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice okay so point one that what you should abstain and shrink shrink that's, I wanted us to read Amplified because I wanted that word. Yes, if you read King James, he says abstain from all. He yeah. says you should what? abstain and shrink. <laughs> and shrink. You know that the Bible tells us that there are some things that it is good to be ignorant. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you understand? Yeah. I mean, somebody comes and tells you that, oh, I want to buy cocaine. Do you know where they sell it? It's good for you not to know. <laughs> Do you understand? Somebody will come, they are holding their uh, uh, drug weed or something. Can you roll it for me? You should be able to say, I don't know. It's good to be ignorant in certain things. Do you understand? So it's good to shrink. <laughs> when you consider that this one, you shrink. This one, this is not where you show your, your powers and your um, abilities. Yes, continue. Abstain and shrink from all sexual vice that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body. So the first one was that abstain and shrink from sexual vice. The second one is that each one of us, so he's saying that we should what? Manage. What does it say? You should learn how to control and manage your own body and not abuse it. What does it say? In consecration, purity, separated from things profane, and, and honor. honor. So the next one is the fact that learn how to control and manage your own body. Learn how to control and manage your own. Meaning that your body is there for you to manage. And you know how when you go to a business that's not being managed well, you can tell. Sometimes you have to go into bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, the company can go into debt. If you don't manage your finances well, you know what happens. Yeah. So the Bible is telling us that we should learn how to control and manage it. Yeah, because if you don't manage it well, abuse is inevitable. Yeah, continue. Not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will, that no man transgress and overreach his brother and defraud him in this matter or defraud his brother in business. For the Lord is an avenger in all these things as we have already warned you solemnly and told you plainly for God has not called us to impurity but to consecration to dedicate ourselves to the most thoroughly purity therefore whoever disregards set aside and rejects this disregards not men but God whose very spirit whom he gives you gives to you is holy amen amen there Verse 4 in the Message Bible, it says that learn to appreciate and give dignity to your body. Learn to appreciate and give dignity. You see, especially for us in the 21st century, we need to teach this. And we need to understand this. Because by virtue of what we are so exposed to, the dignity of the body has been brought down. It's, it's not valued. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you remember last week I was telling you about all the social media ways of meeting people. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no dignity in it. 
There's absolutely, so he's saying that learn to appreciate and give dignity. How many of you that if you have gold, you just throw it anywhere? Even in your house, your gold is not lying around. Most of the time, the things that are lying around are things that are not valuable. The things that are valuable, even inside your house, you lock it up. Yeah. Most of us, when we even go to a hotel, we are looking for a safe. And you don't put your jeans and things in the safe. Isn't it? You put your money, your passport, your valuables. If you have a Rolex watch, fake or real, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Those are the things that we put in a safe. Do do you understand? Yeah, those are the ones that we treat well. Yeah. And he said, I treat it with dignity. Because anything we dignify, we lift up. We treat, yeah. You know, if, if we assume that, oh, this person is a leader of, we immediately we treat the person very well. Yeah, even if the person is coming to visit you, if your house is a mess, you want to clean up before because you want some dignity. The same with our body. It's very, 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 you, you see, hmm, anyway, let, we are going there, we'll go in there. Somebody say, Pastor, go in there. Yeah. Not abusing it as is so common among those who know nothing of God. And that is supposed to be that those who know nothing of God don't mind abusing. But it becomes a very challenging thing if the people in the house of God in the, who say they are called Christians also abuse. Hmm. Don't run roughshod over the concerns of your brothers and sisters. Their concerns are God's concerns. He will take care of them. We've warned you about this before. Yeah. So don't, you see, because sometimes we, are, we find it so easy to point fingers at others. Do you understand? These were really bad. Because you're looking at the prostitute who is standing by the roadside and then she's selling. But remember last week when we read Ezekiel? See that? As the Christians, our own is even free. At least she'll get 30 pounds. Okay, Bula wants to say something. You pay them. To. You give it free. You really listened to last week's message. You give it free, and then you also pay them. <laughs> oh, at least the person get paid. But the Christian pays. We've warned you about this. God has invited us into a disorderly and kept life but into has not invited us into a disorderly and kept life but into something holy and beautiful as beautiful on the inside as the outside amen and that's one of the things why a topic like this is so personal because it's on the inside do you understand yeah and that's the mistake a lot of us as christians and even as pastors we make because we we look at it from the outside we assume that if somebody appears holy, it means they are consecrated. Do you understand? Be- hey, this person, no lipstick, no this. Oh, wow. Righteous are thou. Yeah. And then we'll see somebody coming with their little skirt and then they can't really walk and then it's not easy for them. And then we assume that this one is promiscuity. And that's our deception. Yeah. It's a total deception. Yeah. Many, many people have married people and realized that, hey, this person, they are not as righteous as. <laughs> Those of us who are even, especially if you are in university and things, you see, I, I mean, even here, it's not so much because you find a lot more people who are ungodly, so it's okay. So the community is wide. But then you realize that in certain places, a lot of people are supposed to be Christians. Do you understand? So they'll go to Bible class. Bible desk, you know? Sometimes even when they are walking on the uh, halls of racing on the corridor, what an awesome time of prayer today. Hey. And then maybe, and then maybe, maybe you two, your Christianity is, is very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does Evan say? <laughs> a little sleep, a little slumber. <laughs> yeah, you know. Then at night, you see that same person. He, as 
ask people say, so when they put the wig, <laughs> shake it, get some red lipstick, they transform into another man, <laughs> like Saul. And then what it does to, especially those who are in between Christianity, you know some people are sort of trying to become Christians, having yet arrived at Christianity, but they are sort of on their way. And then they will see something like that and they'll be like, hey, oh, but at least we, we do it all out, all in. Yeah. And then you rather you destroy somebody. So he's saying that on the inside, not just the outside. Not just the outside. And you see what, the, we're going to read First Corinthians chapter 6. You realize that we are too eager to please man. And that is why we are challenged. Especially when it comes to this area. Because sexual immorality is one of those things that is hidden. Yes. They put the light off. They lock the door. <laughs> you people, you make life very complicated for me. <laughs> Everyone's help me. Should I preach it? <laughs> Yeah, so, so because it's always undercover, do you understand? Men, <laughs> what's the man's name? <laughs> Anas, Anas. <laughs> because man doesn't see, we have treated it as if God doesn't see. And it's like, so long as everybody still sees us as pure, holy, right, it's okay. Not realizing that your fellow brothers, it doesn't matter. What they know, what they see, how they think about you absolutely does not add to your heaven going and your joyful life. First Corinthians chapter 6. You know, the, when we're reading First Thessalonians chapter 4, the verse 8 in the message says that if you disregard this advice, you are not offending your neighbors. You are rejecting God who is making you a gift of his Holy Spirit. So it's, stop worrying whether pastor is offended, whether maybe the other people in the choir are offended, whether when I come to church, people will look at me funny. Hey, they've heard my story. They've heard your story. Do you know their story? Very complicated. Very, very complicated. They just can't share it. See that it's not about offending man. You are rejecting God. You are rejecting God. Sometimes you see a married man blatantly promiscuous. Yeah. In, in this part of the world, funny enough, married people rather in Europe actually are more well behaved than in other continents. In other continents, this particular issue we're talking, we have to preach it to married people. Yeah. They are part of the world where when people are married, any extra thousand pounds they get requires... <laughs> when goods are increased, increase are they that eat them. Yes. So when the person, when the person is employed... As a supervisor, they are focused on their wife. By the time they become manager, they are focused on their wife and their uh, secretary. By the time they become director, they are focused on their wife, their secretary, and then the other uh, young uh, graduates who have come in. Yeah. Yes. When you go to the university and you see, you see, now when you go to the university, you see young men moving from room to room and young girls moving from room. When you go to that con those continents, there's a number of them. You will see men with long trousers to be coming. <laughs> to be coming. Yeah. And sometimes you will see wives. You will see wives chasing. <laughs> yeah. Some of them have even become presidents now. Yeah. When I was in university, there was a, pre there is a president. Sometimes the young boys will be shouting when he's coming. They'll be shouting, we will tell your wife. Yeah. And then sometimes you see that the girls are fighting. Because one got a first class ticket, the other one got a second class. <laughs> Economy is said that your value is not so. Yeah. 
and they are church elders. Oh, they are church elders. They are church elders. Ha! Ah, yeah. And I'm like, you, these little girls. So when you see this big man with a big stomach, with his big belt, and as he's coming, aren't you afraid? <laughs> it's not man you are rejecting, it's God. It's God. And that's why the Bible is teaching us that we should bring some dignity to ourselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, I get so surprised when people get so excited. Maybe when somebody is whistling at them or somebody is trying to chat them up and they feel touched. You should feel offended. What did I do? What do I have on? What is making all these uh, slimy things want to talk to me? Something's wrong. You you shouldn't be... (laughs) No. Yeah. Anywhere I go, people just whistle. Anywhere you go, people whistle. Why are flies always coming? It means there's some smelly meat there. <laughs> you see, sometimes we don't think about things in a certain way. Do you, do you understand? Yeah, sometimes we don't think. But when you think about certain things, you should be offended. You should really be offended. It's like, I think Pastor Dems went somewhere, and as they were walking, there were like three or four pastors walking. This guy was coming, he was holding his secret. He went to one particular one and said, oh, do you have a lighter? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All these pastors here, how do you choose which one? <laughs> how did they choose the one that looks like a smoker? <laughs> yeah. So it means that there must be something ab- about you that af- attracts flies. First Corinthians chapter 6. Say preach, Pastor, preach. Okay. Please read First Corinthians chapter 6. Read from verse 12. Verse 12. Everything is permissible, allowable, and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, good for me to do, expedient, and profitable when considered with other things. Mm. Everything is... So, so, so he said that was... Everything is permissible. Yeah, the King James will say all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient, whatever. Message says that, listen, just because something is technically legal doesn't mean it's spiritually appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Because, do you know that technically, even when you go to your bank to fill a form, they give you options, married, single, divorce, partner. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's, le- it's technically, it is legal. Do you know that there is no law in any land that says thou shalt not sleep with thy neighbor? No, no, no. Yeah, even if a husband goes next door and sleep with the next door's wife, don't go to jail. People will divorce, but I mean, if they want to. But other than that, it's technically legal. But it is what? Spiritually inappropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I would be a slave to everything. Read the next verse. Verse 13. Food is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food. So I hope you got that next point. (laughs) That sexual immorality is technically legal. (laughs) But spiritually inappropriate. Yeah, read the next verse. Food is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will finally end the functions of both and bring them to nothing. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but is intended for the Lord. And the Lord is intended for the body. You see, the Amplified has given it so nicely. To save let me give you verse 13. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, and then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that is no excuse for stuffing your body with food <laughs> or indulging it with sex. Since the master honors you with a body, honor him with your body. So, my next one is that the body is there to house you. So, we take care of it. 
to fulfill our purpose. We do not live, live to please the house. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your body is a house that you live in. Because we say that man is a spirit, isn't it? Has a soul, lives in. So the body is a house that you live in. And so we, you don't, your body is not there, you know, for you to please it. Your body is there to assist you function on earth. Because once you're on earth, you need a body to operate in. And that is why you have it. So the body does not control you. You use the body for what will help you feather your whatever you have to fulfill on earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me read from the Message Bible. Verse 15. Until that time, remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as the master's body. You wouldn't take the master's body off to a prostitute or a whorehouse, would you? Well, I should hope not. I like the message Bible. It's like it's thinking out aloud, isn't it? I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I pray that you won't carry the, the body of Christ and take it to a whorehouse. And if you will not do that, because our bodies are the same dignity is applied. So if you will not take it there, then why would you do that? Then verse 16 says, there's more to sex than mere skin to skin. It's in the Bible, though. <laughs> sex is as much spiritually mystery, a spiritual mystery as physical fact. As it is written in scripture, the two become one. Read Amplified verse 16. Because that is one of the things also that you need to realize that every sexual encounter is a covenant. Read it, verse 16. Every sexual encounter is a covenant. Yep. Or do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? The two, it is written, shall become one flesh. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Yep. Amen. And that is the fact of the matter. And that is why sometimes we don't understand why certain things stay with us for a very long time and can cripple us for the rest of our lives because it is one of those things that it is not something that, oh, it was in the past. Or the, because till, unless you have a total soul-breaking tie, you, you are challenged. Yep. The verse 18 says that there is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God, given and God modeled love for becoming one with another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? The King James says that our body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit resides in there. Don't you see that you can't live however you please? Squandering what God paid such a high price for. The fiscal part of you is not some piece of property belonging to, to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. Wow. Amen. Let people see God in and through your body. And that is why Paul kept saying, he said, I put my body under. That after I have preached, I will not become a castaway. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the greatest challenges of man is sexual immorality. Yeah. Because you think about it, that when the Bible was being written, prostitution was an issue. Till today. Do you understand? You look at great men like David. to realize that he could fight, could do but this was one area. The only way they could know that David was dead, 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 never to rise again. <laughs> What's this? Revelation chapter 18. We must become conscious of it so that we don't take it lightly. Do you understand? Yeah. Revelation chapter 18. The next point is that sexual immorality will cause demons and evil spirits to dwell in you. Revelation. 
18. Are you there? Yeah, read verse 1 to 4. Then I saw another angel descending from heaven, possessing great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his radiance and splendor, and he shouted with a mighty voice, She is fallen, mighty Babylon is fallen. She has become a resort and dwelling place for demons, a dungeon haunted, haunted by every loathsome spirit, and abode for every filthy and detestable bird. For all nations have drunk the wine of her passion and chastity, and the rulers and leaders of the earth have joined with her in committing fornication, idolatry, and the businessmen of the earth have become rich with the wealth of her excessive luxury and wantonness. I then heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out from her, my people, so that you may not share in her sins, neither participate in her plagues. Okay. So when we say that it's, uh, what do you call it? Festus, demons, and evil spirits. We're not just talking about demon manifestation. We're talking about basic things like sicknesses. Do you understand? Both physical illness. I mean, do you know how many sexually transmitted diseases there are? And you know, sometimes they have the biggest of names. In fact, I had a list of names, and I said this one, unless there's a doctor, ah, there's a pharmacist here. You need to take the microphone and come. She has studied all these things. She has studied all. Because if I try and pronounce them, I think my ignorance will come through and my lack of biological knowledge will... will, will do, please, I'm, I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. I am counting on you. So you can read them. So, so this is just random selection of some of the this thing. So you give us the name we know it by and then you also give us the name which you should already know. But say, <laughs> say it as best as you can. I've got your back. So the first one is syphilis. Oh, um, um, can you hear her? <laughs> <laughs> Why have you muted? Uh, oh. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. yeah, the first one is syphilis. Mm -hmm. The gem is called what? Trepon Treponema. <laughs> Palladium. <laughs> ah, but you, you are not helping. I can't see. <laughs> Treponema. Um, I told you already my handwriting is like a, ch a chicken scratching. So. Okay, the next one is what? The next one is gonorrhea. Nemesinia gonococcus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give us. And I think that we should start using the big names because they are scarier. When you come, go and the doctor says, uh, mm, you have Treponomium palladium. <laughs> And I think you have a dose of Nemesimia gonococcus. And I sort of see some traces of lymphogranuloma. Hey. Okay, give us the next one. That's the one I just mentioned. What's that? That one is chlamydia. So chlamydia is lymphogranuloma venereum. And then the next one is hepatitis B. So hepatitis B is the one that affects the liver, isn't it? Mm. Hepatitis C is different. Do you understand? That can be genetic, that can be due to certain dis blood disorders, whatever. Hepatitis B is a sexually transmitted disease. You get it? Yeah? Then cancer of the cervix. So one of the things that causes cancer of the cervix is, is uh, yeah. and then the next one? And then it's trachomoniasis. You say it probably. Say it like a pharmacist. <laughs> trachomoniasis. Uh -huh. <laughs> then the other one is trap. Trafoma, its its other name is Trafoma vaginitis. Shabbat, I'm happy that I'm behind the puppet. I can't say this. Yeah. I'm happy that we are laughing about this, but I'm praying that we are also learning. Yeah. Then you have your urinary tract infections. Okay, and then the last one. And then HIV. Give us the HIV, the big <laughs> name. <laughs> oh, that is the, that is not the, that's that AIDS. Um, it's human immunodeficiency virus. Yes. So when you have human immunodeficiency virus, and then when it goes to the place and arrives at the station, then it becomes AIDS. Do you get it? Yeah, plenty. And this, all, most of these diseases too, they are hidden. And so they stay with you for a long time. 
Do you understand? And then they, some of them will result in infertility. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you for your scientific knowledge. Yeah. Apart from infertility, some of these diseases too can also result in death, like AIDS. Do you understand? Yeah. I used to have a boss who was a, when I finished university, I was working somewhere, very handsome man. In fact, we used to work, and his wife was also working there. She was a land economist. He was a quantity surveyor. And he was very, you know, these old men who want to behave like they're young boys. When he's coming, shaking like that. Then maybe sometimes your friend has come to visit you at the office. Hey, who is this? <laughs> and that was his whole life. He would never travel alone. Always he's traveling. There's some young woman in his car. Sometimes we even go, maybe you're doing a project in another city. You arrive there, somebody's waiting for him there. Come back, somebody's waiting for him. Lunchtime, somebody's waiting for him. I mean... Then a couple of years later, my sister called me. She said, oh, your boss. I said, what does that mean? He said, oh, he's become like that. And then he has become like that. And then he has almost become like that. Just deteriorated. But he's luckily for the wife, she left him <laughs> long before he met his final killer. You see, because sometimes he's simply around, but your the final weapon is like a uh, Russian relay. There's one that has a bullet. Pow. And actually, I think it's in South Africa. Sometimes people do it intentionally. Yeah, they, they, that's their punishment to people. Maybe to men. Or to, hey. hmm. Yeah. Very generous like that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so I just want to give us a few things as we close on how to avoid and maintain. Yeah. One of the other things also brings is disgrace. Disgrace, disgrace, and shame. Disgrace and shame. You know? And the, and the reality of it is that, you know, even apart from abortion and all that, sometimes you can even also have children, but then the children are not liked, not wanted. And then children, through no fault of theirs, become like social deviants. Do you understand? Because they are frustrated. Because the mothers, in fact, there are mothers who are so mean to their children because they feel their children spoil their life. But when you were going to sleep with that man, they were not there. Yeah, because of you had to drop out of school. Because of you have to. And they don't like that. And then somebody, they'll be about the same age as the child. <laughs> yeah. So the, the results of it... The Bible knows a lot of things that we don't know. Do you understand? Yeah. The Bible knows a lot of things that we don't know. That the pain that you will get, that little enjoyment and the long-term pain can never be compared. So steps to avoid all these challenges and troubles. I'm, I, I've decided I'm going to give my last step first. So my last step it will be First, that when you are married, have a very active sexual life. <laughs> the room has gone quiet. <laughs> when you are married. You see, because the Bible never said that it's not a good thing. All it has spoken about is what? Mm. Putting first things first. Yeah, and that's one, in fact, that should be even like one of the points. That when you are sexually immoral, by the time you are married, you are tired. <laughs> tired, you are, you are worn out. <laughs> <laughs> and rather, that is when you should be totally, listen, the Bible says that the married bed is undefiled. Yes, when you are married, there eh, morning, afternoon, evening, night, don't oh you have you have a pass for life so long as there is strength you people are making my preaching very tedious eh? <laughs> what did she shelf ah, don't do that if you do that I'll never preach on any of these things again don't like that it has to be taught Yes, thank you. It has to be taught. Yes. 
So I'm telling all the ones, they, both those who are married and those who are not married yet, when you marry, it has to be an integral part of your marriage. It has to be a very important one. <laughs> have to ensure yeah <laughs> what, what is Kian trying to do come on yeah yeah you don't need to be hasty because a season is coming yeah, ask the married people their wives or their husbands can be walking naked across Say, move, move, excuse me. <laughs> Proverbs 5.15, the Bible says, drink water out of your own system of a pure marriage relationship and fresh running waters out of your own well. Ha. Huh. Always drink from your well. Always. When you are thirsty, that water should be continually available at all times. Yeah. It says that, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2, but because of the temptation of impurity and to avoid immorality, let each man have his own wife and each, let each woman have her own husband. And then it goes on, then verse 9, but if they have no self-control, restraint of their passion, they should marry. So Paul was trying to say, you know, if you don't marry, you know, you can serve God more, whatever, whatever, whatever. And yeah, we've heard you. But for those of us who were not born in Oxford, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn, to be aflame with passion and tortured continually with ungratified desires. So, that was my last point, but I thought I'll give it first so that I can give now the easy ones. Hmm? The first thing is that don't enter into a relationship at the wrong time in your life. I think that's a very important thing. See, you're 14, you say, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend. Do you understand? Or you're even you're 16 or whatever. You're in school, you know that you don't have any money to marry. You can't marry now. <laughs> yeah. Exodus 3 verse 1, the Bible says, to everything there's a season and a time for every matter or purpose under the sun, under heaven, there's a time so you must not enter into a relationship. That's the problem. Because when a 14-year-old boy tells you that one day I'll marry you. <laughs> and the thing is that the longer you are in a relationship and you are not married, the greater the propensity to. That's true. Yeah. Do you know that for some of us, I realized that one of God's way of helping us was making us very unattractive young. Yeah. Yeah. For some of us, it was a blessing. I mean, at the time, for me, it didn't occur to me because it really didn't matter. But I came to realize that. I came to realize that, you know, by the time we were like 15, you know, some of us were totally flat-chested. And then I had mates who were just voluptuous. <laughs> All over the place. So by the time they were 16, they had seen and heard and tasted of things that they are. So sometimes you don't even realize that God uses even certain things that you think, nobody likes me, nobody looks at me. It's your deliverer. If they look at you, then what? Yes. And then you see that those who ripe early also you know when the mango lies there for a while, <laughs> it turns it's green, then it turns yellow. Very, then after it turns brown, then when you open inside, it's duh. You got it. <laughs> the next thing is that only enter a relationship that will lead to marriage. Pastor, how will I know? You wouldn't know, but the relationship you are going into, that should be the focus, that should be the aim, and that should be the destination. Stop looking for boyfriend and girlfriend. Do you understand? Yeah. Because when you look for boyfriend, girlfriend, immediately you are saying that you are not serious. 
Yeah. I know that, I know somebody whose mother told her, like, listen, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, because in the process of kissing frogs, <laughs> in the process of kissing frogs, <laughs> you people take it seriously. Take it seriously. Let's get serious. Yeah. When you, are, when you start relationships, that's like, oh, don't let anybody know about it. We'll, when, it's, when it's really serious, we'll let them know. See, immediately, that's a sign. Yes. You know, Reverend always used to say something. He says that a man who wants to marry, wants to marry you now. Do you understand? But when you're in a relationship where you can't even bring up discussion of marriage, you should worry. Yeah, and then it's worse when you're in a relationship where the person is putting pressure, if you love me, show it. Hey. <laughs> and then sometimes they'll even use that idea of marriage after all we're going to get married. Ah, so if we are going to get married, what's the hurry? After all we're going to get married. <laughs> then the pressure is there. Why? And then the next thing is that don't set environments that are conducive for that. So what am I saying? Don't put yourself in compromising situation. I saw a scripture, you know, when, when you read it in the uh, uh, Amplified King James, uh, uh, the verse 5, it says that uh, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Then I said, no, I'm sure that Message Bible will give this verse properly. What it means, what by embrace? And a time not to embrace. No, 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 no. A right time to make love and another time to abstain. Put it there, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 5. Put God at the center of the relationship. That will help you to avoid compromising. When somebody says they love you, their embrace is different from brotherly embrace. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. A sisterly hug is different from a lover's hug. One has no feeling, one has feeling. Yeah. And if you are not married and you are hugging, what stress are you putting on each other? <laughs> Pastor Sam, be careful. Let me give you the last one. Marry early. I don't understand the cultures where your child is 21 or 20 or 22. And if they come officially and say, oh, mommy, daddy, um, Mr. Prinkinson says he wants to marry me. They will kill Mr. Prinkinson and hang you. But if you go around the corner and come back again with your stomach sort of about to show, where is Mr. Prinkinson? You marry my daughter today, today, today. Let's look for a big gown that will cover his stomach. When you let somebody marry you under duress, you will definitely not survive. And you see, maturity is subject to the person. Somebody is 25, they shouldn't marry. There are some people, they are even 35, they shouldn't marry. (laughs) But you also find a relationship that you know that this one, they may be 22, 20, but actually... It's better. And that's why Paul said that it is better to marry than to bear. Yeah. But sometimes, culturally, or just, it's like, no, you have to get a fridge and a microwave and then a TV and get a mattress before we marry. But then you have four children. <laughs> As you are trying to buy the microwave and the, yeah. Because you see, we have to realize that Obeying God is more important than if you even as a couple you are sleeping on the floor. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's very important. But no. Hey, me, I want a wedding. I want 12 bridesmaids and no, I want, no, I want this. I want this. So when I get my job that I'm being paid 60,000, then we'll think about marriage. We've got it all wrong. Me, I told Kima. See, if you don't know, and you can't introduce somebody to me that, you know, this one, 
has been called by God and ordained. And as you have parents who are two ministers, even in the living room, we now pronounce you husband and wife. It is better. So don't start a relationship that you know that will not lead you. That's the problem. And we know when the relationship will not go anywhere. When you, as a lady, you have to ask, yeah, so, so, so this relationship, which direction is it going? <laughs> Let's rise up onto our feet, please. 